Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Um. Agriculture is Saskatchewan. And 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Seedmaster. Save up to $22.50 per acre on canola with the Seedmaster Ultra Pro 2 Individual Row Metering System. Today, a key farm researcher says technology to develop new crop varieties can be used to battle pandemics like the coronavirus. We have a two-part series on using farm tech or farm technology to battle COVID-19. Real agriculture looks at growing corn as a crop on the prairies. The latest crop hail report says half-inch size hail battered many crops during the past two weeks. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by the Candiac Auction Mart. To consign your cattle, call them today at 424 424- 2967. A Saskatchewan researcher says technology to develop new crop varieties can also be used to help combat pandemics like COVID-19. Genetic testing and sequencing as well as protein analysis could be implemented on a large scale with proper planning. Stephen Webb is the chief executive officer of the Global Institute for Food Security at the University of Saskatchewan. That's one of the things that some people are surprised that in, in agriculture, we use the same equipment that is used in the pharmaceutical and healthcare industries. And again, what we do in ag tech, particularly our lab at GIFS, the Opal Lab at GIFS, is we process thousands of samples and run nucleic acid and protein tests on the samples to be able to determine what's the best new varieties that we want to select for our producers to grow better, higher yielding, more disease resistant crops. It's the same question that's related to, for example, COVID-19, analyzing the, the nucleic acid samples from swabs from potential patients, being able to find out is the virus there or not. And again, we can do it with the same tools, same equipment, but at a much higher scale than is traditionally exists within the medical community, because again, in the medical community, they're resourced to support kind of the normal level. And in times of a pandemic crisis where you have to rapidly scale up testing, ag tech is actually an ideal spot to use as a resource because we typically run samples at the thousands of levels in ag tech to support plant breeding programs, for example. Webb says the switch is relatively simple. The switch can be done fairly easily from a technical perspective because what you're measuring, the approach to measuring is the exact same thing that we do in ag tech. Challenge with being able to do it in the context of a a rapid switch from our applications in agriculture, like plant breeding, for example, to deployment for human testing, 
there would need to be a coordination with the health community to begin make sure that we fit in and actually add value to the validation of all the methods and, and what we've outlined in the in the paper is the need for kind of that global coordination and national coordination. And then the other thing, to be honest, there's some regulations that exist both at the local level and at the federal level here in Canada that would need to be adjusted to enable these facilities to be brought to bear to address the challenge. And again, all of that's workable, but it needs to be thought through and put in place as a contingency plan that we can quickly bring it to bear. And again, there should be no challenge to rapidly validate the assays. We've seen that with the ability of the various provincial governments testing to be implemented uh, with an assay that was brand new as it relates to COVID-19, you know, back in the beginning of the year. So we would follow the same by standards that is currently at use in the medical community. And we can do that, but it needs to be coordinated and thought through at the beginning, not partway through. And that's the point of this this article is for us to be thinking strategically and be thinking about national assets that can be brought to bear for pandemics. Webb compares it to a war to fight the pandemic. Exactly. And we we leveraged that metaphor of the war because there was, a, in the article, we cite Paul Nurse, who's a Nobel laureate that proposed in the UK to use many small labs to help build testing capacity at the UK. Part of the problem with that strategy is that transition and coordination. And what we proposed in the words that we use is not small boats, but let's use big ships like ag tech that have big guns that can be quickly brought to bear on the challenge and rapidly scale up the testing capability. The other thing that I think is important from a national strategy to think about is the investment in ag tech's infrastructure to support plant breeding and agricultural improvements has a direct economic benefit to the nation. And one of the things that we want to make sure is that we're in an economic downturn. How do we quickly get out of the downturn and investments in businesses like agriculture that use the same technology as health can contribute to economic recovery and be available for the next fight? Because unfortunately, we're living in a world where, you know, in the last you know, 20 years, we've seen a number of outbreaks of viruses from SARS, the original SARS, to SARS COVID-19, to the Zika virus in terms of humans. Plus, we're also seeing increased outbreaks of pandemics in animals, like the African swine fever, and uh, even plant diseases can cause problems for us, not just in Canada, but around the world as it relates to food. Stephen Webb is the Chief Executive Officer of the Global Institute for Food Security at the University of Saskatchewan. We'll be back with more in a few moments. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Selford Group. Call your Selford Equipment dealer or visit selfordgroup.com. Agriculture research equipment can be used to help fight the coronavirus pandemic. Governments from many countries have been investing hundreds of millions of dollars in an effort to find a vaccine for COVID-19. Scientists say society needs to be better prepared for the next pandemic. Stephen Webb, the CEO of the Global Institute for Food Security in Saskatoon, is the lead author of an article examining the issue. 
part of our article is to be thinking maybe a little more proactively. And like I've said, we've been able to donate equipment from our facility to help with the testing, which is good because we've been able to help make a difference. But again, I think if we thought more in terms of, you know, that battle analogy, how do we bring even more firepower to bear and think at, at a bigger strategic level? I think that's the opportunity not just to fight the last war, i.e. COVID-19, but to think about how we set ourselves up to drive economic growth and recovery and prepare to fight the next pandemic, which could be another human pandemic, it could be an animal pandemic, or it could be a plant pandemic. Webb says more resources may result in an improved solution. The point that we're making in the article is we can provide more rapid testing capability and being able to understand in the case of COVID-19, who has the virus and who doesn't have the virus, and being able to quickly understand that. The rate to which we could build a new vaccine, like the work that's being done through Vito Intervac at the University of Saskatchewan, they're moving really, really quickly and doing a fantastic job. But that process would take place for any of the new interventions that we need to be developed we can bring to bear more diagnostic testing so we can understand who's infected and who isn't. So for, you know, personally, our daughter developed a sore throat and a mild fever last week, and she went for testing and was able to get tested. We'd like to be able to say we can even test, you know, thousands more people that are concerned if they have the virus or not and either say yes or no. Good news, my daughter is negative. Webb says a timely fashion is important, and he has another point. Again, I think it's one thing that uh, some people are surprised that agriculture is a very sophisticated industry, and we're using the same tools and technologies as used in the medical field. And again, I think the opportunity for us in Canada to think very strategically about infrastructure and asset utilization to respond to national emergencies is what we're trying to call out in this article. And again, The other thing that's important, and we've seen it with COVID-19, is uh, food security, you know, breakdowns of supply chains, et cetera, and the opportunity to think about how do we better manage this across all potential pandemics, including humans, animals, and plants. Stephen Webb is the CEO of the Global Institute for Food Security at the University of Saskatchewan. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney on The Source, 620 CKRM. Canola and its beautiful bright yellow flower blankets the prairies every growing season with 20 million plus acres. There's one place you need to go to get all your canola agronomic information, canolaschool.com. That's where you'll find all you need to know about seeding, disease, weeds and insects, harvest and marketing. Engaging and informative content all at your fingertips when you need the information. Visit canolaschool.com, brought to you by Invigor Hybrid Canola and BSF Canada. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. Corn is definitely an option for a lot of growers in Western Canada, whether you're using it for silage, using it for grazing, or even grain production. It's been a warm summer. There's definitely been some heat units as of late, but overall, the crop looks pretty good. Kelvin Hepner of realagriculture.com talked to Alanis Surhan from Pride Seeds about this year's corn crop. 
and Alana, the corn crop in Western Canada this year, the grain corn crop specifically. We've seen ample heat in most areas. The moisture is a little bit more variable. Plenty of moisture in some pockets and then others uh, such as this uh, plot we're standing in here, uh, we can tell the bottom leaves are starting to fire off so there's obviously some uh, some moisture, more moisture would be needed. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. So we've had pretty good ample moisture up until this point. Starting to see a little bit of firing off in the bottom leaves. Uh, some of those things shutting down to feed that ear that we want to fill. Um, growers this year are hoping for the best crop possible, obviously as in every other year, but this year specifically, uh, corn acres have undoubtedly shrunken down. Um, we've seen lots of growers backing out of acres, you know, in fears of the way the market had been trending um, in not such a favorable way. But for growers who held on to those acres, they're going to be rewarded, no doubt. We see uh, in corn crops, green corn crops here in southern Manitoba have been looking especially strong. Um, we're definitely on track to have some phenomenal yields, some, some maybe record-breaking yields if this moisture um, and heat can really hold on later into the season. This is also the time of year where we're seeing the differences between varieties and, and the trait decisions that, uh, that growers made back in winter heading into this last spring. Yeah, absolutely. So coming into this year, again, price and, you know, you know the, the price of corn and the market price of corn being a huge factor and a driving factor in what growers were doing to make their decisions. Um, I myself uh, and our team of Pride Seeds, we've seen a, a little bit of variance here across Western Canada in that some growers were starting to, to go back to the ways of maybe just growing Roundup Ready hybrids. Um, and that was obviously based on a per acre price decision and, you know, corn borer not necessarily being present uh, in the last, you know, five, ten, eight years. Uh, my message as an agronomist is always to, you're paying for those traits and those products for a reason. Uh, it doesn't take long for an issue to set in and corn borer to take out a large portion of your field. Uh, we want to make sure that all of our growers are making sound agronomic decisions and that's what we're here to do. Um, we can absolutely understand the, the different aspects of why maybe potentially growing a Roundup Ready uh, crop would be a, a lot better on maybe your uh, price per acre, but ultimately those those traits, those GT traits, um, protecting against corn borer, fall armyworm, and those other things, they're in there for a reason and they're absolutely added value into your product. So how have we seen that play out this growing season? Yeah, so absolutely. So um, really, the uh, we're, we're starting to get into the later end of the year here where some of our traits are going to be really showing off. Um, and our G2 products, uh, ultimately, they're going to give you that better protection. They're not going to be lodging. They're not going to be susceptible to that insect, that disease pressure. Um, so when you were growing a traded product, uh, you know that you have added value and that protection is going to hold on and it's going to ultimately help you get that crop in the bin. That that crop is very important in a year like this year um, when prices are low uh, and we're looking for high yields, we need to make sure that we're protecting your investment. Alright, what are you looking for for the rest of the, the growing season here in terms of uh, getting this crop through to the finish line, through to that good yield potential. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we still have a bit of a foggy memory, or hopefully we have a bit of a foggy memory from the fall last year where corn had stayed out over through winter. Um, growers were combining, you know, on Christmas Day. Those are the kind of things that we don't want to hopefully see again. Um, confident in the moisture that we have. We're not at an excess right now. Uh, we're not in mucky, wet fields, but uh, going forward into the harvest, we want to make sure that we're keeping an eye on things, making sure that things aren't lodging. We're taking a notice of what our ear height is, if we're having any drooping, if we're having any cannibalization, and why is that occurring? Is it potentially a hybrid thing? Is it a trait thing? Is it a nutrient thing? So there's things that growers can be learning from their corn crops all the time. Uh, so it's important to 
to have your time at the lake, but to also make sure that you're out in the field and taking a good look at and, and ultimately, you know, making sure that your investment is going to pay off for you. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. Canola and its beautiful bright yellow flower blankets the prairies every growing season with 20 million plus acres. There's one place you need to go to get all your canola agronomic information, canolaschool.com. That's where you'll find all you need to know about seeding, disease, weeds and insects, harvest and marketing. Engaging and informative content all at your fingertips when you need the information. Visit canolaschool.com, brought to you by Invigor Hybrid Canola and BSF Canada. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. Corn is definitely an option for a lot of growers in Western Canada, whether you're using it for silage, using it for grazing, or even grain production. It's been a warm summer. There's definitely been some heat units as of late, but overall, the crop looks pretty good. Kelvin Hepner of realagriculture.com talked to Alana Surhan from Pride Seeds about this year's corn crop. And Alana, the corn crop in Western Canada this year, the grain corn crop specifically, we've seen ample heat in most areas. The moisture is a little bit more variable, plenty of moisture in some pockets, and in others, uh, such as this uh, plot we're standing in here, uh, we can tell the bottom leaves are starting to fire off. So there's obviously some uh, some moisture. More moisture would be needed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. So we've had pretty good ample moisture up until this point. Starting to see a little bit of firing off in the bottom leaves. Uh, some of those things shutting down to feed that ear that we want to fill. Um, growers this year hoping for the best crop possible obviously as in every other year but this year specifically uh, corn acres have undoubtedly shrunken down Um, we've seen lots of growers backing out of acres you know in fears of the way the market had been trending um, in not such a favorable way but for growers who held on to those acres they're going to be rewarded no doubt we see uh, in corn crops green corn crops here in southern Manitoba have been looking especially strong um, we're definitely on track to have some phenomenal yields some some maybe record-breaking yields if this moisture um, and heat can really hold on later into the season this is also the time of year where we're seeing the differences between varieties and and the trait decisions that uh, that growers made back in winter heading into this last spring yeah absolutely so coming into this year again price and you know you know the, the price of corn and the market price of corn being a huge factor and a driving factor in what growers were doing to make their decisions. Um, I myself uh, and our team of Pride Seeds, we've seen a, a little bit of variance here across Western Canada in that some growers were starting to, to go back to the ways of maybe just growing Roundup Ready hybrids. Um, and that was obviously based on a per acre price decision and, you know, corn borer not necessarily being present uh, in the last, you know, five, ten, eight years. Uh, my message as an agronomist is always to, you're paying for those traits and those products for a reason Uh, it doesn't take long for an issue to set in and corn board to take out a large portion of your field Uh, we want to make sure that all of our growers are making sound agronomic decisions and that's what we're here to do Um, we can absolutely understand the the different aspects of why maybe potentially growing a roundup ready uh, crop would be a a lot better on maybe your uh, price per acre but ultimately those those traits those GT traits um, protecting against corn borer fall armyworm and those other things they're in there for a reason and they're absolutely added value into your product so how have we seen that play out this growing season yeah so absolutely so um 
really the uh, we're, we're starting to get into the later end of the year here where some of our traits are going to be really showing off um, and our G2 products uh, ultimately they're going to give you that better protection they're not going to be lodging they're not going to be susceptible to that insect that disease pressure um, so when you were growing a traded product uh, you know that you have added value and that protection is going to hold on and it's going to ultimately help you get that crop in the bin that that crop is very important in a year like this year um, when prices are low and we're looking for high yield we need to make sure that we're protecting your investment. All right. What are you looking for for the rest of the, the growing season here in terms of uh, getting this crop through to the finish line, through to that good yield potential? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we still have a bit of a foggy memory, or hopefully we have a bit of a foggy memory from the fall last year where corn had stayed out over through winter. Um, growers were combining, you know, on Christmas Day. Those are the kind of things that we don't want to hopefully see again. Um, confident in the moisture that we have. We're not at an excess right now. Uh, we're not in mucky, wet fields, but uh, going forward into the harvest, we want to make sure that we're keeping an eye on things, making sure that things aren't lodging. We're taking a notice of what our ear height is, if we're having any drooping, if we're having any cannibalization, and why is that occurring? Is it potentially a hybrid thing? Is it a trait thing? Is it a nutrient thing? So there's things that growers can be learning from their corn crops all the time. Uh, so it's important to to have your time at the lake, but to also make sure that you're out in the field and taking a good look at, and and ultimately, you know, making sure that your investment is going to pay off for you. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Raymore, Yorkton and Watrous, New Holland. Working hard to keep more jingle in your jeans. And brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. The 620 CKRM farm weather for today. Sunny sky, wind west 30, gusting to 50 kilometers per hour. The high today, 27 degrees, the low 8. Sunny tomorrow, the high 28, the low 14. Wednesday, sunny and a degree hotter, the high 29. 30% chance of evening showers, though, Wednesday, with a low of 12. Thursday, partly cloudy, 40% chance of showers all day Thursday, the high 24, the low 9. Friday, back to sunny skies again, but a bit cooler, the high 25, the low 10. Saturday, sunny, the high 23, the low 10. Sunday, sunny, the high near 27. Normal high for this date is 25, the normal low is 10. The sun rose at 5.40 this morning. It sets at 8.27 tonight. And around the province, we have the hot spot is Valmarie in the southwest corner at 26. The cold spot up north, Collins Bay at 14. 25 in Estevan, Saskatoon 21. Swift Current 22, Weyburn 25, Yorkton is 24. In Regina, partly cloudy and 25 degrees, that's 77 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the west at 27, gusting to 39. Humidity 25%, the barometer dropping 101.0. Partly cloudy and Moose Jaw, 26 degrees. Winds are from the west at 44, gusting to 55. Once again, Regina, partly cloudy and 25, that's 77 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. I know. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. 
This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com and Sask Municipal Hail Insurance. Farmers, get your spot loss hail insurance with SMHI online or connect with an agent. Storms are unpredictable. SMHI isn't. The latest hail reports as storms dumped half-inch size hail across western Canada during the past week as harvest begins in some areas. The president of the Canadian Crop Hail Association, Rick Omolchenko, says more than 300 claims of crop damage from hail have been received in late July and early August. Jim, it's still, there's been hail almost every day, but the claim uh, numbers are dropping, so we're about 300 claims this last week. And uh, I guess uh, what kind of damage and just where was hit? Things, the way they're going here right now is that, uh, you know, it's hit in, like, Saskatchewan, Wilkie, Unity, Pontex, East End, uh, Foam Lake, Wadena, Mayfair, Oxbow, Alameda, Insinger, Priestville, Northway, Sturgis, Kelvington, Burstall, Shawnaman, Estevan, so kind of more in the mid to southern areas. What size of hail and how, how big was the damage? They were about half inch size, uh, the drop down, the recent dry conditions, you know, are, are causing a little more issues. Uh, you know, harvest is happening. Things are uh, ripening quickly and combines are out there and uh, starting to begin combining. Uh, this makes this, uh, you know, more crucial time for hail. And yeah, the half inch drop the, uh, this last week here, the damage was minor to uh, medium damage. And you're asking farmers to make sure they leave a check strip if they're starting to harvest a crop that's been hail hit? Yes, it would be really appreciated that, uh, you know, you leave a really adequate check strip. The better the check strip, the better the guys can, uh, you know, assess the damage. Have high winds been a factor? High winds, rain, a lot of those factors. I know, like, because uh, crops are ripening right now, uh, winds do take a toll. Uh, they're getting to that place where they're starting to get a little weaker, the stems. And, yes, winds are a factor. So, uh, you know, you'll see a little twisty in the stem on cereals uh, that you could indicate that it's, uh, you know, more wind than hail. Uh, it'll be actually shredded a little bit at the bend mark. How far are you caught up on doing the adjusting? Uh, we're just kind of doing the 25th storm, July 25th right now, so we're uh, 24th, 25th, but every day uh, we're going as fast as we can. We are kind of on track for this time of year. Uh, we're in about the two-week mark of hailstorms, and uh, things are going well. This time of year, is for, for now, is this busier than other years, or how does it compare? Well, right now we're actually slowing down, which was, uh, you know, it's nice to have those uh, heavy storms and, and uh, you know, get them going. And, and now that, uh, you know, we're getting into the adjusting part that things are slowing down a bit for the number of storms. But again, uh, you know, this week here coming up, you know, we're reporting on last week, but this week here again, uh, like Burden had that uh, tornado and there's more claims coming in. So was there hail associated with that Verdon tornado? Yes, there was, and I don't know the degree of hail at this time, but, uh, yeah, there was some hail. Uh, usually, like, you know, when high winds and storms like that to happen, uh, kind of hail precedes that in front of the storm. Did it reach into Saskatchewan, or was it kind of just in uh, southwestern Manitoba? So far, we're seeing just southwestern Manitoba, but, you know, like, it's just early. Like, guys are getting out to have a look at their fields, and then reports are coming in right now. So I don't know a total effect of the, of the damage of this last storm, but it's coming in as quick as possible. Just 
just really, uh, really stress the idea of leaving adequate check strips if our guys can't get there. Or please call your uh, CCHA representative company for for details, uh, and they'll tell you for sure what what you should and what's adequate for leaving strips. Uh, and it's best to do that. Rick Omolchenko is the president of the Canadian Crop Hail Association. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. Some Saskatchewan farm kids opt to take the Lakeland College course in Vermilion, Alberta to advance their farming career. This year, Lakeland College will use a blend of in-person hands-on teaching combined with online lectures this fall. There are about 550 agriculture students at Lakeland, mainly from Alberta and Saskatchewan, but there are some international students as well. Dr. Alice Wainwright-Stewart is the CEO of Lakeland College. We have about 88 uh, international students that have never left Canada and are still here. So we have those. We were anticipating 25 new students. That is still up in the air depending on what's going on with the new Fed's regulations for international students. So we're just waiting on that. Our other enrollment, it looks pretty good. We're down about 100 students overall from what we were last year. Uh, now time will tell. Like this next month is critical of who's coming. There will be a mix of in-person and online teaching. None of our capacities will exceed the protocol that's been put in place. And as you know, with the social distancing, it'll probably be less than 50% capacity. But the way that we're staggering it, I believe that we can manage it very well. And I have to say that we've done some online orientations that our executive team and myself have been part of. And we've gotten some really positive feedback from both staff and faculty on how we're trying to move forward in a very cautious manner. This will all take place at the same as a $17 million renovation to the Mead Building, which is home to Lakeland College's Animal Science Center. We're really looking at upgrades to create energy efficient. We're looking at additional large lecture theaters because we need the capacity to do about 150 students for each lecture theater. Wainwright Stewart says some adjustments will be required from students and faculty while the renovations continue. About 100 contractors and tradespeople will work on the renovations to the Mead Building at Lakeland College. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hall as Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And brought to you by Nelson GM, Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you're a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Grain prices were showing downward movement in early trading today. Viterra prices for canola fell 40 cents at $443.07 per metric ton. Number one red spring wheat dropped $2.03 at $210.78. The rest were all unchanged. Durham, $266.39. Feed barley, $174.70. Flax, $540.85. Lentils, $572.50 per metric ton. 
oats, $171.83. Yellow peas, $244.89. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange this morning, September red spring wheat prices fell two and three quarter cents at $4.91 and three quarter cents a bushel. Yeah. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. And brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integritire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integritire dealers. Now, the latest Livestock Quotations. Heartland Livestock Market Report. Donnie Peacock reporting from the Swift Current Yards. 300 cattle in regular sale on Tuesday. The cow market averages a pinch over 87. Good hard high yielding cows, 90 to 95. The bull market tops at 130. A lot of the bulls are showing the wear and tear, bringing that average down to 115 this week. A lot of those uh, lighter yielding bulls in the dollar ten. Dollar fifteen range on the DLMS internet direct off the farm computer sale here on Thursday, thousand to thousand fifty weight steers one seventy four to one seventy six and a half. In this part of the country, we had three hundred and fifty uh, Angus steers weighing nine and a quarter from the Andersons at Fur Mountain. Their nine twenty five weight cattle commanded a premium at one eighty six and a quarter. Uh, their program cattle eligible for European Union as well as Angus certified. They certainly got a premium for the program into the heifer trade. The nine weight heifers one sixty two to one seventy four. That's the way it is. Cattle country, Heartland Swift Current. Now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 6,400 hogs Friday, selling in a range of 124 to 159 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 7,700 head, selling in a range of 126 to 158 per CKG. 100 index hog prices for the week ending Saturday, August 8th are Ole West 2020 contract, 128.40. Ole West 2021 contract, 149.90. Maple Leaf Sig 4, 133.52. Ham's Cash, 131.52. Thunder Creek Brickle, 140 even. High Life Cash, 141.40. And High Life Contract, $154.16 per CKG. Ham's Cash Hog price today is mixed, and forward contract prices opened higher this morning. On Friday, the Canadian dollar was down 48 basis points, with the daily exchange rate at 1.3377. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 74.67 cents U.S. U.S. cash reference markets are starting the week off on a mixed note, but with all the Canadian base price markets lower at the beginning of the week. There is much debate over the amount of hogs backed up on farms due to COVID-19 plant shutdowns in the USA, but it almost doesn't matter if there is agreement on the numbers or not. Price is generally an indicator of supply and demand fundamentals, and packers are still not aggressively bidding for hogs. That should be a strong indication there are still plenty of hogs available, and until processors sense that some scarcity may be looming, live hog prices are likely to remain low. Lean hog futures started the first trading day of the week off on a higher note, but have backed off somewhat through mid-trade. This morning's move put the remaining 2020 contracts within 10% of the average value benchmarks, when 20%, 30% was typical, sometimes venturing into the 40-plus percent territory. Poor contract values are mixed in value depending on the time frame producers are looking at, but 2021 weeks heading into the summer are more optimistic today. 
And we've got a few moments before we move on to the resource report, so let's have another quick look at the latest farm weather forecast. The forecast calls for sunny skies today. Winds to be from the west at 30, gusting to 50 kilometers an hour. The high today, 27, the low 8. Good harvest weather. Tomorrow, sunny and hot again. The high, 28, the low, 14. Could be a break on Wednesday. The outlook calls for sunny skies with a high of 29 degrees. There's a 30% chance of evening showers Wednesday and a low of 12. Those showers late Wednesday could roll into Thursday as well. The weatherman calls for a 40% chance of showers all day Thursday. Partly cloudy the rest of the day. The high outlook is 24 degrees, the low 9. For Friday... It's an outlook of sunny sky, the high 25, the low 10. So the weather is going to be a bit cooler on Saturday. Sunny with a high of 23, good dry down weather, the low 10. Sunday, sunny and a high 27. And for the farmers that are already harvesting some of the early seeded crops and fall rye and winter wheat, this is good dry down weather, although there is a little bit of uncertainty in the middle of the week. The normal high for this day is 25. The normal low is 10 degrees. On the roundup, Estevan is 25, Saskatoon 21, Swift Current 22, Weyburn 25, Yorkton is 24. In Regina with partly cloudy skies, it's 25. That's 77 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the west at 27, gusting to 39. Humidity is 25%. The barometer dropping 101.0. Partly cloudy in Moose Jaw, 26 degrees. Winds are from the west at 44, gusting to 55. Once again, Regina, partly cloudy in 25, that's 77 Fahrenheit. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by the Foam Lake Combine Lotto. Win $225,000 in cash or three hundred dollars in combine cash. Ticket info at combinelotto.com. Ensign Energy Services lost $17.1 million in its second quarter, but that was an improvement over the $30.2 million loss it recorded in the same quarter a year ago. Adjusted earnings fell to $58 million, down from $102 million in the second quarter last year. The Calgary-based contract drilling company says revenue dropped to $195 million, down from $377 million a year ago. Canadian Natural Resources is buying Painted Pony Energy for $461 million. The joining of the Calgary-based oil and gas companies is expected to close later this year. The deal is worth $111 million in cash and the assumption of $350 million in debt. On the markets, gains by stocks in the key financial and material sectors helped lift Canada's main stock index in late morning trading, while U.S. stock markets put in a mixed showing. The TSX Composite Index was up 36 points at 16,581. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was up 210 points at 27,643. The Canadian dollar traded at 74.88 cents U.S. compared with 74.76 cents on Friday. The September crude oil contract was up 73 cents at 41.95 a barrel. That's the resource report. Stay tuned for the closing grain prices at 1.45 this afternoon and an Agri-News report at 3.45 p.m. Tomorrow morning, there's another Agri-News report at 6.45 a.m. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farm. 
You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM.